Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Friday, December 1st. Why California's solar industry will lose thousands of jobs by early next year. More on that next. But first, let's do the headlines. A lawsuit has been filed by the family of Aaron Bonin, a man who died in a county jail last year. Bonin died from end-stage renal disease. The lawsuit accuses the sheriff's department and a group of other defendants of wrongful death, negligence, and deliberate indifference, among other allegations. Attorney Lauren Williams represents the family and says this case is similar to many that have come before due to treatment in local jails. San Diego County has a disproportionately high in-custody death rate um, and a pretty bad track record for providing basic, necessary medical care. Last year, a state audit recommended intervention by the legislature because of the failure to address the high number of deaths in county jails. A former Camp Pendleton Marine pleaded guilty yesterday to federal criminal charges for firebombing an Orange County Planned Parenthood clinic in March last year. 24-year-old Chance Brannon pleaded guilty to conspiracy, malicious destruction of property by fire and explosive, intentional damage to a reproductive health services facility, and other charges. Two others were involved in our awaiting trial. According to an affidavit from an FBI special agent, Brannon and another defendant allegedly ignited and threw a Molotov cocktail at the clinic entrance. Brannon is scheduled to be sentenced on April 15th. Today is World AIDS Day and events are being held throughout the county. That includes an event at the Oceanside Public Library, where panels of the National AIDS Memorial Quilt will be on display, along with HIV resources and public storytelling. Max Disposti of the North County LGBTQ Resource Center says, the event is about coming together to honor those who died and... To continue to destigmatize people living with HIV AIDS, the event starts at 5.30 this evening. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. California's solar industry is facing tough times after state utility regulators changed the rules for rooftop solar last spring. Environment reporter Eric Anderson says sales are down and layoffs are up. Ross Williams has worked in San Diego's residential solar industry since 2010. He's never seen anything this dark for an industry that enjoyed double-digit growth over the last decade. That's brutal. I mean, no company can survive where your sales are 30% of, of what they were last year, right? It's just a recipe for disasters. HES Solar had fewer than 10 employees when Williams joined the firm more than a decade ago. 
He bought the company in 2015 in part because the future was bright. The workforce swelled to 75 by the beginning of the year, but under new solar rules that took effect in April, Williams was forced to cut jobs in July and again in August. The San Diego company is down to 35 workers. It's the absolute worst. Absolute worst. It's very difficult to tell people that I've personally hired you know, with that promise, like, hey, we're going to be a spot for you. You work well for us. We're going to be there for you to say, hey, sorry, you know, can't employ you anymore. It's extremely difficult. California's solar industry employed more than 78,000 people in 2023, 67,000 in the residential rooftop solar sector. Industry officials project 17,000 of those residential jobs will be snuffed out by the first quarter of next year and prospects for the rest of the year remain dark. The market in real time under the new net metering is 80% below where it was last summer. Bernadette Del Chiaro is the executive director of the California Solar and Storage Association. She says the layoffs are exactly what the industry was warning about when regulators were revising the state's net energy metering rules. The NEM3 rule changes slashed the value of electricity produced by rooftop solar and that has crushed demand. What the 80% is is sales, and it's measured both by sales data collected in the aggregate across the industry as well as interconnection application. So that's the first step of the interconnection process that happens very soon after a sale. The economic impacts are only part of the story. The decline will also hurt California's efforts to reach carbon neutrality by 2045. That requires slashing greenhouse gas emissions, cutting air pollution, and dramatically reducing fossil fuel consumption. Stanford University's Mark Jacobson says rooftop solar was expected to account for about a quarter of that energy production, but this year's rule changes may put that target out of reach as solar adoption stalls. Slowing that down with uh, hostile regulations to make it more expensive for people to put rooftop solar is just going to slow down a transition, cause more air pollution deaths and morbidities in California and raise prices as well. Jacobson has studied pathways for California to electrify the state's economy. He says it will require greatly expanding wind energy, utility-scale solar, geothermal energy, battery storage, and solar from rooftops. He says regulators should be facilitators. Every opportunity we have, regulators need to make it easy to put solar on, not more difficult The rule changes implemented this year are being challenged in court. The San Diego-based Protect Our Communities Foundation, the Center for Biological Diversity, and the Environmental Working Group asked the first district court of appeal in San Francisco to force regulators to reconsider the changes. The challenge argues the California Public Utilities Commission failed to support solar in disadvantaged communities and didn't account for all the benefits of rooftop solar. Attorney Aaron Stanton says regulators are also required to make sure the solar industry grows sustainably. All three of those things are statutory requirements in the Public Utilities Code, uh, and the commission's decision doesn't meet those requirements. The CPUC asked the court to reject the challenge in a legal filing. The court decided to hear the case. Oral arguments are scheduled for December 13th. It's unclear when a decision might be rendered. Eric Anderson. KPBS News.
Chula Vista Council member Andrea Cardenas hasn't been showing up to city council meetings. South Bay reporter Corey Suzuki says she could lose her seat if that keeps happening. It's been almost a month since Cardenas was charged with fraud and grand theft for allegedly stealing a federal pandemic aid loan. Councilmember Cardenas is absent. Councilmember Chavez? It's also been a month since she came to work at Chula Vista City Council meetings. The first-term council member has missed both meetings held in November, citing personal health matters. Enough absences could be a serious problem for Cardenas. Four in a row would actually be enough to remove her from office, according to Chula Vista City Charter. But her absences can be excused if she files a request, and if the rest of the city council approves it. This is approval of an excused absence request from Councilmember Cardenas for the November 14th, 2023 city council meeting. Please vote. That's exactly what they did earlier this week. Chula Vista Mayor John McCann was the only vote against excusing her absence. He said Cardenas's absences mean that people in her district aren't getting the representation they deserve. Cardenas did not respond to a request for comment. Corey Suzuki, KPBS News. There is a delegation of San Diego County school leaders in San Francisco this week, collaborating with their colleagues from across the state. Education reporter M.G. Perez says that also includes students. The California School Board Association is welcoming more than 4,000 trustees and superintendents from across the state for the largest education leadership conference on the West Coast. They're meeting at the Moscone Convention Center to work on solutions to gun violence, mental health issues, and learning loss created by the COVID shutdown, together face-to-face from every sized school district. Matthew Catoriano is the senior student school board trustee They're from San Diego Unified. Students are the most honest group you will ever listen to because we're the ones that are in those dusty classrooms. We're the ones in those spaces. And so we're forced to be honest with what's happening. At the moment, student trustees across California have a voice on school boards, but no voting rights. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. Coming up all you need to know about December nights. The tree lighting is a magical moment. We have thousands of people watching and counting down for when the tree gets lit. And that really is the start of December nights and actually the start of the holiday season. More on what you can expect at the two-day event just after the break. I'm Beth Accomando, KPBS arts reporter and host of the Cinema Junkie podcast. I'm also a geeky gourmet who likes to bake food themed to the movies I watch, like chocolate blood to savor with Dracula, or an extra chewy Wookiee cookie to enjoy with Star Wars. I'm geeky about the things I love, and that makes me a public radio geek as well. I love being able to connect with audiences just like you through TV, radio, the web, and podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. So, are you a KPBS geek? If so, then I'm asking you to get in touch with your inner nerd and become a member of KPBS today. Just go to kpbs.org and click the blue Give Now button and make a donation. That's right. Let's geek out together about the things we love. 
all decked out for the holidays, food, museums, and entertainment. These are just a taste of what to expect at this year's December nights. The event takes place in the heart of Balboa Park today from 3 to 11 p.m. and tomorrow from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Joining me now is Natasha Kalura, Executive Director of Special Events with the City of San Diego. She's here to tell us about this two-day event. Welcome to the San Diego News Now podcast, Natasha. Thank you for having me. Natasha, please give us a little background on December nights. My husband and I, along with our two sons, moved here about 20 years ago, and we were blown away with this event. If you can tell us when it all started and how it has evolved to what it is today. Absolutely. So December Nights is actually in its 47th year. When it started, originally it was a way to bring people into Baboa Park during a time when we weren't so busy and to drive traffic into the museums. Obviously, it worked very, very well because we expect over 300,000 people over a two-day period for this year. December Nights offers something for everyone and I understand the family zone has been expanded this year. What does that look like? And any free activities? One of the things that we are trying to do is really get back to the roots of why this event started in the first place. And that's really showcasing the jewel of San Diego, which is Balboa Park. So one of the things that we are trying to do is have more free family-friendly activities, really bring some of the museum's out into the public area so that there's interactive activities. And this year, the family zone is bigger and better than it was last year. And we have a new element, which is uh, we're activating the municipal gym. So one thing that we heard was people, you know, love to take photos with Santa. And we actually, with our sponsors, uh, with Tutris, we are actually providing free photos with Santa. You just have to use your own phone. You can take a photo and that's three to nine on Friday and 11 to nine on Saturday. And we have a literacy corner. We have a face painters. We have hat makers. We have a live poetry on demand um, where you talk to somebody and he will custom create a poem for you um, to walk away with. And so there's just there's a lot to do and it is all free. I also heard rumblings of a skating rink this year. Yes. we. One of the things, again, working with the museums, trying to partner with them, we actually work with the Fleet Science Center, and they are working with us to provide a skating rink in the plaza. It is not an ice skating rink, although you do use ice skates. Think of it like a giant cutting board. It's a synthetic uh, skating rink, and we anticipate it's going to be very, very popular, and it's going to be right in the center of Plaza de Panama. And I understand you have the tree lighting that you have every year, Natasha. What time does that start and when? So our Mayor Todd Gloria will be there at 6 p.m. Friday night at the Oregon Pavilion. And the tree lighting is a magical moment. We have thousands of people watching and counting down for when the tree gets lit. And that really is the start of December nights and actually the start of the holiday season. Let's talk a little about traffic. It's a challenge every year, and I know parking is limited. What other transportation options are available? Well, traffic is is always a challenge, um, and we are actually adding more options this year than we have ever had before. So in addition to obviously, you know, coming down and parking, which we actually have prepaid parking options that are available at a discount on our website, um, you can also take free shuttles. So you can park your car uh, for free at City College or at other locations. You can hop on a shuttle 
and it will take you around and drop you off on 6th Avenue and you'll walk across the Laurel Bridge. A couple minutes walk and you're in December nights. We also tell people that rideshare is very, very easy. Drops you off on 6th Avenue. Um, if you want to ride your bike, you can uh, actually valet your bike on site as well. So there are a lot of ways to get there. Um, and again, you know, we just encourage people, you know, if you've never tried public transit, MTS is a partner with us and they will also have some shuttling and free shuttling available. But you can take the trolley to one of our shuttle stops downtown and hop on the shuttle and never, you know, spend a dime and let the other people worry about the traffic for you. Natasha, I heard about um, so many things you can find on your website. It's called a mobile website. What does that mean? That means you do not have to download it. Um, so it is a mobile website, meaning that you can access it via your phone and it'll adapt to your phone screen. Uh, you can also get to it on your computer and it is not something you have to download. So you can access it um, from, from any device and it is new this year. Our IT team spent um, uh, quite a bit of time making this work for us. It's interactive. So not only will it help you with how to get there. Once you are there, for example, if you are gluten-free or a vegetarian, you can search for the booths that have those items for you, and it, you can click on a button, and it'll help you with walking directions to that zone. So everything is on there from our entertainment to our food to our museums to the transportation. Well, great. I have been talking with Natasha Kalura, City of San Diego's Executive Director for Special Events. Thank you, Natasha, for coming on the podcast and sharing all this information about this year's December nights. I hope to see you there. Thank you. Hope to see you there as well. That's it for the podcast today. This podcast is produced by KPBS producer Emmalyn Mohebi and edited by KPBS senior producer Brooke Ruth. We'd like to thank KPBS producer Lara McCaffrey and KPBS editor Megan Burke for helping the podcast team this week. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. Join us again on Monday for the day's top stories. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org.